Business leaders today need to go beyond meetings and management. There are action steps that nearly every leader needs to know to align with their core values and get the important priorities done. Welcome to the Grow Forward Today podcast with Paul D. Casey. Whether you're just starting out as a leader in your organization or have been a seasoned professional who wants to explore new ideas and practices, this will be an enlightening and highly applicable program. And now, your host, Paul Casey. Give me a D, give me an I, give me an S, give me a C. What's that spell? Your unique communication style. Today on episode 13 of the Grow Forward Today podcast, you'll meet my guest, Glenda Woolley, a John Maxwell trainer and owner of Five Star Leadership, who helps people identify their behavioral style and maximize it for better communication in the workplace. Let's talk about Glenda's communication style tips and how that fully integrates with personal leadership development. Ready to grow forward? Welcome, friends. Uh, Personal assessments. I got enthralled by them when hearing of the animal personality styles that Gary Smalley and John Trent originated and have been helping people identify, maximize, and modify their personality style ever since. Clients have enjoyed learning whether they're a lion, an otter, a golden retriever, or a beaver style, and we all get a lot of laughs as we realize our quirks. In fact, it's the seminar where I ham it up the most. You can go to my website right now and take the free quiz on that one. Assessments help us with our self-awareness and our social awareness, which are very good for our emotional intelligence, which is a key soft skill in today's world. Whether it's the Myers-Briggs, the Colby A, the Four Tendencies, Working Genius, or today's focus, the DISC, I encourage you to take personal assessments whenever they're offered to you, as each one gives you another perspective on how you are wired. Well, my guest today is Glenda Woolley. Here's a little bit about Glenda. After a long-term corporate career of 22 years, seven years ago, she became a certified John Maxwell trainer, speaker, and DISC consultant, and she started her own training and coaching company, Five Star Leadership. So obviously, there's a uh, we, we have a common bond, and we're kindred spirits in this. Uh, she uses the DISC assessment as the foundation to help leaders, as well as their team members, learn their individual behavior styles, their preferred communication styles, and their strengths in leadership. In addition to the assessments, she provides one-on-one consultations and group coaching to help individuals and teams put their assessment results into action. She has a goal-oriented outlook on life and a passion for helping others grow into the best version of themselves. Glenda lives in St. Peter's, Missouri, near St. Louis, is a mother of two and a grandmother of four, and loves spending time with family and friends, nature walks, reading the Bible, and personal growth and development books. And Glenda reminded me before we got on the call where we had met for the first time, and it was at a James Malinchuk. He was one of the first secret millionaires. Uh, He did a big money speaker boot camp in California boy, this was probably 2011 or 2012, where we made some big shifts and decided like, yeah, we're going to go for it. We're going to start our own business. So it was great to reconnect with you, Glenda, on LinkedIn and welcome. Thank you, Paul. I'm super excited to be your guest today on the Growing Forward podcast. And that is a really good memory. Um, You know, when you reached out to me on LinkedIn, I thought, okay, I remember that guy. He was in that same audience I was. 
And uh, we were stepping out. We were wanting to, you know, start our own gig, start our own business. But it was a little scary. But uh, James Melanchuk, he kind of helped us step forward. And yeah, I think you mentioned, too, that you knew some others that they also stepped out. But um, kudos to you and where you've come today. Um, Very impressive and very exciting. And yes, we do have we are kindred spirits around the DISC uh, program. Um, So very powerful for leaders and their teams. Indeed, it was. Yeah, and it was so interesting that the four people I traveled down to that seminar with, they all quit their day jobs. One quit it that very day that we were at the seminar, and then three others within the last three years. Uh, within three years of that seminar, I was the last one because uh, I wanted to make sure the dream job was uh, sustainable while I still had the day job. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could probably all do a testimonial for James. Like we should probably reach out to him for a testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should. I didn't buy any more of his of his stuff, but it was the catalyst for going forward. <laughs> Absolutely. That's all it takes is that one one idea, that one big idea to help us, you know, spur us to get out there and go for what we had already planned for ourselves. But sometimes that's what you need to start the climb up that hill. Yeah, and I didn't uh I didn't count on talking about that right off the shoot, but, you know, I think when you go to a conference or you join a mastermind group, and I'm going to be joining a new one, uh, a national one here uh, in the next month, uh, I'm looking for that spark. I got that spark back then. You did too. And uh, there's, there's just, uh, sometimes you just need that to give you the courage to, to launch. Absolutely. I agree. And I think uh, being, uh, you know, connecting with others at those events, not only is the event um, valuable and getting new big ideas, you know, about what your next step might be, but it's also very powerful being in the room with others, like-minded people that are focused on growth and their personal development. And I think that also just that sheer energy in the room helps you, you know, take the next step when you leave the event. So true. We've missed that so much in the land of COVID the last couple of years that uh, things are starting to come back to life now. And I'm I'm hosting my first live event next week. And uh, I'm hoping people are craving to be back in person and get that energy that you're describing. Yeah, I think you'll find that to be the case. I think that you will find that to be the case. People are starved to get, you know, get with people. And, you know, I believe God designed us to be in community. So it, it'll feel much more natural for us as human beings to get back together. Absolutely. Well, Glenda, in 22 years as a leader in the corporate world, you have learned a lot about what makes people tick. So what were some of the biggest insights you observed while in leadership? Um, I think, you know, um, everybody, you know, has their own communication style, which I knew that when I was a leader. But um, until I discovered DISC, and I so wish I would have known something about DISC when I was a leader in my corporate job, I was winging it, Paul. (laughs) 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 I I knew there were crazy behavioral styles of the members on my team, but um, DISC certainly would have given me a roadmap about how to best communicate with them and how best not to communicate with them. But um, I did learn, you know, through my corporate job that everybody has 
goals and aspirations for their life. And but they're really not sure about what that looks like. They're coming in every day to do the job that you have assigned them that they're being paid for, but they really don't have a whole lot of time to have conversations around um, their personal growth for themselves or, you know, where what direction do they want to go past this job that they're doing for you every day. So do you feel it's a leader's job to help people with that career path, help them uh, with sort of seeing the ladder for their career? I absolutely do. Absolutely do, Paul. I th- also, unfortunately, some leaders don't realize that's part of the job. And they're most committed to the day-to-day operation, making the widgets or completing the project. And so they're really, and understandably so, because that's what their leader expects of them and their team. But Unfortunately, what I see, and I saw it in my own corporate life, that um, the, the, you're focused on your business goals, but not on the growth of the people. And if leaders today would also you know, balance that out with having those good conversations with their people about their goals, their aspirations, either in the company or outside of the company, um, they would be you know, more satisfied employees. And you know, I think it would really help them with their retention of their good employees if they would set aside time to have those conversations. Ooh, you use the R word, retention. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what everybody wants right now is to keep good people. And I think you're right that sometimes it's even helping them get to their dreams outside of work. I remember reading a book called The Dream Manager several years ago. And it was how a janitorial company that had 85% turnover, um, a guy said, I've got a brand new idea. I think if we help everyone get to their dreams outside of work, they're going to stay with us and be loyal to us. And everybody poo-pooed it at the corporate level. And uh, finally, they gave, he said, just give me a shot. You know, I can't remember how many days he said, like, give me 90 days or six months. And if you pay me to do that, I will, I will get this retention thing under wraps. And it actually was true. People wanted to get houses. They wanted to, uh, you know, develop their careers, go back to school. And by helping them get to their dreams, it flipped by the end of the story. I think it was 15% uh, was the turnover rate. And there were three full-time dream managers by the end of the, of the audio book that I was listening to. And I think it was because you show you care about your people's development. Yep, very much so. I've heard that book. I, I can't say as I've read it, but that guy gets it, Paul. He gets it. That, <laughs> he does. Know, he's working with human beings. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think you're right. Uh, and not that we're letting all managers off the hook for saying uh, you're you're steering the ship. You're getting, I got all the little details. You're running the programs. Uh, but development of people is where it's at. That's what leaders do. And to be strategic in your one-to-ones is one of the tips that I give when I'm coaching a leader to say, take your one-to-ones up a notch and and talk about development at least once a quarter with your people, not just the annual performance review time, right? Yeah, right. Just because on the calendar and also to prepare for the meeting, prepare to ask some good questions and be good listeners, you know, around what is this person really saying to you? What are their aspirations? And you know, people, um, unfortunately, just want to be listened to. Unfortunately, in our world, you know, people are starving to be listened to. So a leader that would sit down and have a quality conversation with each one of their employees and really listen closely 
to what it is they would like to accomplish would be very valuable. I think we've got an endless shelf life uh, for being listened to. And as a leader, it's like, boy, that sounds almost too easy. Over, oversimplify, but really you're going to get the biggest payoff in respect and uh, probably in cooperation and retention if you just be a good listener. Love that. So I'm a big John Maxwell fan. Uh, I was at a networking event last night and uh, the gentleman next to me who is uh, also a kindred spirit about professional growth, uh, he said, who inspired you to do what you do? And I'm like, wow, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. And then I went, you know, it was John Maxwell. And I've never met the guy uh, before. I was six people away from him in line to get my book signed. And then he was called back to the stage. And I was like, ah, I missed him. Uh, but, <laughs> but I was... I've never met him before, but I think I listened to 250 of his cassette tapes back in the day, then another 200 of CDs, plus read probably 25 of his books. And, you know, I've, I've been a big fan. He's like the leadership mentor I've never met. Why did you want to associate with John and be certified as a trainer in his organization? Well, um, back in the day, during when I was trying to develop myself on my own, because that was back in the day where... You had to develop yourself. You had to seek out your own resources. I, when I was floundering, to be honest with you, uh, as a leader, I found one of John Maxwell's books at a local bookstore. And there were many leadership books, but I, I believe in divine appointments sometimes. And so I found John's book and I started reading. I read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Yes. <laughs> Yep. Classic. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, next to the Bible, leadership. <laughs> Lots of leadership pr- principles in the Bible, of course. But uh, John, he was his he, he was a pastor and still is today. Uh, he does. He's a guest speaker at local churches sometimes. But um, he the, that book is mirrored against the Bible about the leadership um, principles that Jesus taught. So, uh, long story short, I read that book, and uh, lo and behold. When I would read a chapter, I would apply that to my team, that leadership law. And guess what, Paul? They responded. <laughs> Ooh. That's awesome. Yeah, I think his were the, some of the first books I read. I remember when I was interviewing for a job, I was about 30 years old. And the hiring team goes, so do you read much about leadership? (laughs) And at that moment, the answer was no. And they said, you should check out a guy named John Maxwell. And so that started my journey. And, you know, it just went on from there. Right. And, you know, the good thing about John's books is they're not complicated, are they? No. (laughs) Right, right. It's just about, you know, really caring about people. And, you know, there are some people that say they care about people, but you have to truly like and care about people. And then figuring out as their leader, how can you add value to them? So true. And I, I love that phrase, add value. John talks about it. I've actually built that into my personal mission statement. It's actually the first three words, to add value, uh, based on uh, John's long-distance mentoring and you're right. His books are easy to read. I like the bullet format. He puts little formulas in there. Um, and I think I've even adapted my own style of speaking to his. So a lot of good stuff that I owe to him. So the DISC assessment, Glenda, it's your jam for helping people and teams get reacquainted with their communication style and then to hone that for maximum effectiveness. So 
Out of all the assessments out there, why do you like the DISC as much as you do? Because it's simple. It's there's only four styles. You know, it's not that I don't. I'm I'm not opposed to Myers Briggs or the Ingram or you know, there's all kinds of assessments out there. But I like things simple. And there are, as you well know, you're familiar with this. There are only four styles. Now, everybody that takes an assessment, most people are commonly a blend of two styles, depending on uh, the conditions and circumstances that they find themselves in. But I like it because it's very straightforward and it's really not that difficult, not only for you to learn your own style, but if you pay attention, Paul, now I would like everybody to take an assessment. But you can quickly, any person, a lay person, if they pay attention and just observe behavior, it's very likely they can figure out what a person's primary disc style is. Yes. And when you're when you swim in those waters of disc for a while, you get pretty good at doing exactly what you've said. And my wife and I uh, get a kick out of it. And we use the animal styles, which line up pretty closely to the disc. They do. But but uh, we'll. We'll be watching people, you know, in, in a restaurant uh, of how they interact with the server and go, oh, that's a lion or, you know, or that's a high yeah. D <laughs> style. Yes. Within five minutes, I can pretty much size people up and I don't do it to label people. I do it to custom treat them, right? Uh, just to, to say, if, if I'm going to interact with that person, I want a win-win scenario. Yep. And it takes the personal part out of it. And I wish I, again, I wish I would have known this in my corporate job. If I would have known, for instance, the this style of my boss, which he was a D, now I know that, very dominant, visionary, very uh, very decisive. Um, and me on the other side, I'm kind of an analytical kind of person. And so I made mistakes in trying to provide him too much information when he would have liked me to talk in bullet points. And so unfortunately, I felt that he didn't respect me or like me very much because we didn't seem to be talking the same language. And that's what I love about DISC is once you understand what somebody's style is, you can give them grace because that's how God wired them. That's their behavioral style. That's how they show up. It's And it takes the personal part out of it. Right. It's not right or wrong. It's their style. It's just different. And it's often different from ours. And so that doesn't make them wrong but it makes me have to do a little bit of homework and study my people, uh, the people around me, whether it's my family, which that's our number one uh, <laughs> outreach, you know, is to our, as our families and then at work as well. Yep. Well, I, I too like presenting disc to companies. So uh, let's just dive into these four main styles. I'd love to get your recommendations on how to bring the best out of uh, a person's style. So, Shall we start with the D's? Because they always like to go first, huh? <laughs> Amen, they do. <laughs> and they'll tell you so. They're in the front of the line. <laughs> so the D, of course, is a very dominant, I already mentioned, controlling kind of style. Big ideas, too. They have no clue about how to execute the idea, but <laughs> some great yep. ideas. Yeah. And so, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you got to cut to the chase with them when you're communicating with them. Oftentimes they might be the people that tell you, I'll talk to you, but you got 10 minutes. So that big tip off, you're talking to it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So they're the folks that, you know, they like to get things done. They're, they make great leaders, though, because they, they're driven by results and they hold people accountable for results. Yeah, cutting to the chase, that's so true. If you come in with a la, 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 my weekend this, my grandkids this, they're <laughs> going to be like glazing over and uh, did you need something? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yes. you. And uh, you better get to the bottom line with them pretty quickly. And uh, again, it's not, not right or wrong. They just, that's their communication style. And you're going to actually annoy them if you come at it too relationally right off the bat, because it doesn't sound like feelings are a big deal to them. Is that true? That is true. They are not, they're task oriented, get the job done. They're not people-oriented. It doesn't mean that they're mean-spirited or they dislike people. They just think task first. Let's get the job done. And their thought is, too, that if we get the job done well, the people will benefit. It's just Mm. they think of the people a little bit later on. What are some dangers, uh, Glenda, of we we probably have some Ds listening to us today because they're like, podcast that's another way to develop and if they're like me they're they're exercising while they're listening so we can do two things at the same time so <laughs> what are some dangers of the the high d's they don't ask enough questions and they don't listen well <laughs> so they can get themselves into trouble they make decisions quickly but um, I, I can tell you a story about a D that I know. He hired a contractor to build his house and he really didn't ask a whole lot of questions. He just kind of liked the plans that the contractor showed him and told him to get started. Well, when <laughs> he didn't ask any questions about how long each phase of the house would take. And so, of course, he became very impatient. He didn't really have a full understanding. And also, too, he didn't ask enough questions about what all of this was going to cost or modifications, if that would have changed the price. So he kind of was really very upset with his contractor along that during that relationship because he just hadn't slowed down enough to ask a few more questions about how the job would be executed. Also, do you shoot from the hip? It's like, I got to put it into action and then hope my people take care of this. Hope somebody else fills me in later but without those clear expectations set up front, a D can get angry. Right, they can. Another pitfall is Ds. They will come to you and they've got a great idea that they think you ought to jump on. And so those of us that are S's and C's, the behind the scenes people that execute on D's and I's ideas, before we, we get started and before we know it, they've come by and said, uh, and you were deep into it. And then they're saying th- something like, I've decided we're not going to do that. <laughs> I've got another great idea. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, and the S's and C's are already changing their schedule and making it work and developing the spreadsheets. And it's like, what? <laughs> we're not going to do it. I worked for a D once, and uh, he said one day, we're going to paint. Uh, it was a church. And he said, well, we're going to paint the church Starbucks colors uh, this weekend. And I was like, what? Well, what, what budget are we we're going to pull that from? He's like, budget schmudget. Just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> budget schmudget. <laughs> and we, you know, we made it happen, you know, within that time. And, you know, he had heard that that was the, the soothing colors, you know, that uh, church folks would love when they came into the building. And so he just turned on a dime and 
you know, put us into panic mode and, and make it happen. So, yeah, you can see how that would wreak havoc with a team if they did that. Do you also agree that D's would struggle with being workaholics? Yes. Yep. Yep. They're, because they're always got new great ideas. They listen, they listen, you know, for, you know, something that'll take them to the next level. They're driven towards success always. And so they're always wanting to try the next big idea. But unfortunately, and again, not they're not a negative. I'm not saying, you know, it's fine. We need these in this world because they, like I said, they're visionaries. They can see in the future and they do come up with some really great ideas. They're just a little low on the execution. That's why diversity in a team among the disc styles is so criti- critically important. Oh, I'm glad you threw that in there because, yeah, you wouldn't want a whole team of D's. Uh, they'd probably have a, a lion fight uh, with each other every day. <laughs> a king of the king of the mountain or queen of the mountain. They would be playing every day. So diversity is so important. So you could, when you take these uh, assessments, it's good as a team to then look at like, okay, so who do we need to hire next to balance the force, you know, or whatever you would say. Yes. Because otherwise, if you have too many loaded up, I worked at a team where there was a whole bunch of D's. And I was the leader and I'm a, I'm an SC. And so uh, I didn't, I didn't last long there because uh, I felt like I was always uh, bumping up against a brick wall when I tried to bring any change efforts into the, into play. Yeah. I also worked, I also worked for a D uh, and he, I took my first sick day and uh, he called me within 30 minutes and he said, where are you? And I said, well, I'm taking a sick day. You know, what do you have? I go, I don't know, mucus, phlegm, you know. <laughs> and he goes, when are you coming back? I go, it's only been 30 minutes. I haven't even been to the doctor or taken any medication, you know. And I realized he had never taken a sick day in his entire career, ever. He didn't believe in sick days, which, uh, of course, nowadays that wouldn't go over very well uh, like to come to work sick. But, wow, I mean, he was a total D. <laughs> Well, we're going to take a quick break here before we dive into the uh, I's, S's, and C's. If you didn't identify with D, maybe you know one of those. You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast on the Voice America Business Channel. You can contact me at LinkedIn at Paul D. Casey. And on LinkedIn, my guest, Glenda Woolley, W-O-O-L-L-E-Y. If you're a manager or supervisor trying to keep your team and yourself engaged, motivated, and accomplishing goals, then you want to check out Bullseye, Paul Casey's membership community for team leaders, coming alongside you to achieve confidence and success in leading your team. Within Bullseye, there are plug-and-play forms and tools, inspirational audios to pump you up, team player videos to play in staff meetings, icebreakers for your one-to-ones, and of course, interaction with Paul and other industry team leaders to chat about how to solve the problems you are wrestling with. Paul will bring on live experts once a month to answer your questions on their expertise, and he will ping you twice a week via text to encourage you in your pursuit of your goals. Finally, there is a resource for anyone who supervises others and wants to develop their potential. Check out Bullseye to find out more and subscribe today for the best rates they'll ever be at growingforwardservices.net. That's growingforwardservices.net. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to the Grow Forward Today podcast. If you'd like to know more about Paul Casey or our program, please visit his website at growingforwardservices.net. Now, back to Grow Forward Today. Welcome back. We are talking with Glenda Woolley, and she is giving us a little bit more of a rundown on the DISC assessment, because even if you haven't taken the DISC, I'm hoping that just from our brief explanations today of the different styles, you can either relate to one or two of them yourself, or you can think about, oh, the people I love, that's definitely them or the people you work with. Because if you can custom treat them, custom communicate with them, it's going to go a whole lot better when you're trying to get to buy in and making people feel respected both at work and at home. So we've talked about the D style. Let's move on to the I. What makes them special, Glenda, and how can they be the best version of that style? They are fun, Paul. Those are the social butterflies in the room. They love everybody and everything. (laughs) The eyes are the influencers because their energy is contagious for us all because they're having fun. Um, They're very persuasive. They they can be very entertaining. They tell the best stories and jokes. They are awesome people, and we need them in this world. We truly do, because they are very successful at connecting with all groups of people. Now, some people might find them a little, you know, might get on their nerves, like the D style that we just talked about, because they're a little bit more serious, a D style is, than the I. But um, again, their energy is contagious. So, um, you know, some of the pitfalls for our I folks is, they are easily distracted, uh, shiny object syndrome. <laughs> yep. They can be on this side of the room, and before you know it, they're clear across the other side. Of the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They lack detail. They don't ask very many questions because they truly believe that whatever idea you have, it'll all work out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> The how we don't need to know at all. <laughs> Sunshine and rainbows. It'll be, yes, absolutely. Yep. And uh, they can be a little bit slow to follow through. They'll accept your assignment, what you, the work that you need them to do, but they're kind of slow to start because they got to talk to the people on their team about their we- weekend or their children or their grandchildren. There's a lot of interaction. They want to know about you before they get down to business or down to work. They dislike routines. They like things, variety. They like to do different things every day if possible. They don't like, they like things simple, complexity. No, they're not interested. (laughs) (laughs) And they're very spontaneous, very spontaneous. They can make a decision quickly. And they and because they don't they don't listen well, they're ready to go. If it sounds good to them, like fun, and that's really important that it, you know, they want it to everything that they endeavor, they want it to be an enjoyable experience. Yeah, that is so funny. It's like when they, they're buying washer dryers and it's like, ooh, that one's red. I think I'll buy that one. Or that one says my name, like, hello, Paul. I want to buy that one. Exactly. And they don't even look at the price or study it out or do consumer reports. They just Oh, that looked cool. Yep. 
they're, they're good people in the world. They really are. They make the rest of us smile. They truly yes. do. Yes. Everybody wants a friend that's an, uh, an I because they do. They make us laugh and they give us joy. And uh, that's why I listen to comedians uh, in the car because I want to laugh. And most comedians are high eyes. <laughs> Indeed. You're right. You're exactly right. Yeah. So how do you best communicate with eyes so that uh, it's not just about talking about the weekend? <laughs> you got to get stuff done. Well, you've got to give them time to talk about the weekend because that will be very dissatisfying to them if you want to get down to the work that you ha- have at hand for them to do. Um, they they want just give them you know space for their social time. But they will respond if you, you know, want to move on to the task at hand for them. They will. But it's really important just because they want to be liked. OK. <laughs> yep. And they really think that what's going on in their life is very important. And it is. But um, you just I would just my uh, advice would be is just give them that space and they'll be a much happier employee for you. If you you know start off conversations with how are you today? What's going well in your life? <laughs> Even if it's cool. a couple minutes, give them that space and then they'll work really hard for you. I totally learned that. I, uh, I worked with uh, a high I and I'm a little bit more on the, uh, like I said, on the SC side. And so I'm as a C, I'm on track, right? I'm time managed. We're going to get to that one in just a minute. So I'm typing away and the high I, her name was Terry, would walk into my office and talk about my weekend this and soccer this and the weather this. And I just keep typing because I'm on track. I didn't even swivel my chair or anything. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I would say. And that wasn't working for us, right? So I had to learn that uh, she would say, like, do you got a minute, right? Or do you, is this a good time? Uh, which re- respected my time. And then I would swivel my chair, give her eye contact. And like you said, gave space to talk socially uh, with full engagement. So that's how this can work when you are custom communicating to the different styles that aren't like you. Right. They're always the volunteer in the audience too. When you know somebody's on stage <laughs> and they're wanting a volunteer or on anything, if if you ask for a volunteer, I bet you nine times out of ten, it's going to be an eye that will raise their hand and they and remember they won't have any idea what it is you really want them to do because <laughs> they have confidence they'll figure it out. They'll they'll be just fine. But yeah, you can always pick them out because. They'll, they're volunteer, no problem. They don't hold back at all. They don't think about, would this be a good idea? Or maybe I don't really, I won't be effective. Nope, they're ready. They got their hand high in the air. Me, pick me, pick me. And they love the front end of things. So they they raise their hand. And then what's what I've noticed is high eyes can often get over their heads because they haven't counted the cost. They haven't realized, oh, what else do I have on my plate? But now they're in because they said yes. And uh, I've seen a lot of high eyes get overwhelmed. So they have to beware of not raising that hand before counting the cost of a commitment. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's move to the S's. We start to talk my language here. Um, I call them golden retrievers. Uh, talk about the S style. <laughs> I think golden retriever is a really good descriptor. I, I truly do. That's, that matches really well. They are our steady, stable people. They are the calm in the storm. They have really uh, calm demeanors. 
They um, seek acceptance because they prefer to work in a group versus individual contributor. They can work alone, but they really like to hear other people's ideas and feel a part of a group. And they don't mind giving credit for the group versus receiving individual recognition. That's not really important to them. They have wonderful listening skills. They truly do listen to what people are saying. And especially if they're being given a job assignment, work assignment, they want to make sure they have a clear understanding of what it is you want from them or from the team. And they love, love, love being on a team. They would prefer, you know, working together with people to accomplish things together. They also, if they have a clear understanding of what it is you want them to do, you don't have to micromanage them. They're very strong on follow through. They will get the job done for you. Some of their challenges is they can be overly sensitive. S's are very people oriented. So if, especially in times of change, they start thinking about not only themselves, how this change is going to impact them, but the team. And they will be thinking about each individual and how whatever change you're announcing, how is this going to impact impact them? How are they going to feel about it? Um, They can be slow to begin. And it's only because they just want to have a clear understanding of what it is you need them to do because they want to do it with excellent. They also dislike change. They, they're not, they, (laughs) they perfect processes and systems so when you come to them wanting to change up the workflow, they, they really kind of have that attitude. If it ain't broke, why do we need to fix it? <laughs> we don't need to fix it. They don't really, they can't adjust to tra- change, but they kind of drag their feet because like I said, they've perfected the system to get the work done well. And so they're, they're not real crazy about you wanting to make changes. They dislike yeah. sensitivity because they're very sensitive people themselves. Like I mentioned, they care about other people and how a change might impact them. And they're the way they approach decision-making, very conferring. They like to hear before they make a decision, they'd like to hear what the others on the team think, whether or not this is a good idea or not. Great people. And what is it? I think the statistics are like 69% of the population are S's. So when you're observing people, you know, you, it's very likely that it, you get a pretty good propensity. They might be an S. Wow. That's a lot of people that want to be liked. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of people that probably struggle with boundaries too, because yes. they, uh, they, they want to be liked. they want to collaborate. They want to read the room and before they say yes to things. And if there's all that sensitivity in the air, there's probably going to be hurt feelings somewhere along the way. Yep. Yeah, you might want to give uh, high S's a heads up that change is coming because, like you said, they get their world rocked when you, uh, like, they just have the perfect system and now you're messing with it. It's true. <laughs> Usually it's good in any with any group of people. It's good that during change, times of change, if you can, it's not always the case, but if you can tell a team what's not changing, when you're mm. in changes, because that'll make them feel a little bit more comfortable with the changes you want to make. If you can point out at least a few things that are not changing, this is going to stay the same. It seems that it helps them, you know, better adjust to the changes that you're asking them. 
Right. Uh, because I could see how they could catastrophize something and say, the sky is falling and everything's changing and my world is falling apart. It's like, no, 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 no. Just this one little thing over here. All these things are not changing. That's really great leadership advice. If you are, uh, especially if you're a high D and you're just, or a high I and you're just like, change, let's do it tomorrow. Um, you realize the other two styles are not along with you on that journey. <laughs> Correct. You're right. All right, so let's go on to the C style, our final one. Uh, please share about their uniqueness and how they can shine. Okay, so the C style, that stands for compliant. They are the legalist. They are the rule followers. They're the people who read the fine print in the contract or the agreement. They are the ones that will point out for you you know, items that might get you into trouble, especially that D style that wants to go ahead and sign the contract quickly. They've made a decision they want it. The C style will be saying, you know, wait a second, you know, is look at this particular sentence, what it's saying, is that going to work well for our business? So they're the people that in your email too, <laughs> they'll find the misspellings, the typos. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes, quite frankly, they'll point it out, Paul. Yep. Yep. <laughs> C styles thrive on accuracy. They're, they they kind of have that attitude that if it's worth doing, let's do it right. And they will do a ton of research and they will pellet you with questions so that they have a very, very clear understanding of what it is you want them to accomplish. They're excellent planners. They love, love systems. They are great at orchestration, meaning that once they have a full understanding of what you want them to do, they will work, they will execute on it. They will make it happen for you. They kind of are have that slant towards perfection, working towards perfection, and they can get a little too deep in the weeds. So sometimes they need a little bit of coaching that maybe you don't have to do any more research on this, or maybe you don't have to make one more call <laughs> to get started. But they know that they're not perfect, but they just, because they seek accuracy, that can sometimes have a tilt towards perfection. They are very critical of themselves and their greatest fear is criticism of other people. And the reason that is, is because they work so hard to try to make sure that their work is free from error. So if you happen to be that person, which we know those personalities out there, that no matter how great of a job you did, they tend to want to point out that little one thing <laughs> that's not quite right. <laughs> yep. And so, and of course, no surprise, the way they make decisions, very methodical. Very likely when you're in a meeting, if they, they would prefer not to tell you right now what if their decision, <laughs> they would like to think it through. They need to process and Sometimes, you know, it can be unnerving for them for you to expect them to reply immediately because they have to process what does this really mean? And very likely they have a couple questions about what you've said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this hits home. So, so close to home. Yes. I love planning. I love systems. Even the word system is a system. It stands for save yourself time, energy, and money. Even the word system is a system. So oh, cool. I, I, love, I love systems. Yes. Yeah. And uh, time management and accuracy. Oh yeah. My calendar uh, looks like, uh, you know, like a Christmas tree all lit up with different planning things. And 
Yeah, so true that we can get the paralysis of analysis if you're a high C and you just you just can't move into the next step because you're so down deep in the weeds. So yeah. what would you how would you help a a, a high C uh, overcome some of those weaknesses? I think that you know if you work with them, you could remind them that the last maybe the project they're on they're too deep in the weeds on it. You could remind them that maybe the project before you know look at their history. You know, you didn't have to do those extra steps. And, you know, really, it's not we don't really need that information talk. And this is why we don't. So you you just really have to be patient with them because they really, like I said, they're trying to do a top notch job for you. And so I think really just being told that because sometimes what they'll do is they put on themselves these extra steps, just be thinking that they have to do them. And so as a leader with them, if you can be clear about what your real expectations are, because they will give that to you. But if you kind of leave them to their own thoughts process, they want to do a top-notch job on everything. So they always kind of build in extra things. And so I would just say, if you're supervising, managing a C-style, just be clear on your expectations of what you're really talking about, what you really want them to do. Yeah, I, I've got a, a fun virtual background. No one will be able to see it, so I won't put it up. But it's it says, "Wait, wait, let me overthink this." And really, that's the that's the bane of the sea, right? Overthinking yes. everything, getting in your yes. head. Yes, <laughs> yes. We don't like we don't like to make mistakes because see, I have, I'm a C also, Paul. So right, right. <laughs> so good. Yeah. yeah, very good. But you know, the thing is, I hope your audience will understand. There's no good or bad styles. We need all four styles in our world because each one of us brings something of value to the table on any project or anything that we're trying to accomplish. Also in families, that's what I, another thing I love about DISC is that, you know, my work is centered on people in the workforce, but they can take this home once they have an understanding and they can, you know, certainly apply it with the, their children, their wife, their spouse, their friends. You know, it works. It's universal. It works everywhere. When you have a clear, under, better understanding of people and how they behave and their preferred communication style, it's so valuable to our world. It is. I, I do a fun activity where, um, like, okay, your company has to do a trade show booth and... Okay, all of you have to be involved uh, on this team. And so what is each, what's everyone's strength you can bring to the table in the trade show booth, right? The the D is going to be the one that uh, probably does none of the work, but actually plans the whole thing, you know, put delegates to everybody around them, you know, and drives the energy. You know, the, the I is going to be out front of the booth, you know, with the games, wearing the silly costume uh, and engaging people and bringing them to the booth. The, the S is like, give me one job and I will do it well. <laughs> and they're going to, they're going to handle, handle the, the key job that they have, but they don't want it to be out front at all. They're going to hide behind the curtain. And then the, uh, the C's are, have the spreadsheets of who is working, what shift and what was the budget on the promotional items. And, you know, it just works together beautifully if we all stay in our strength zone. Oh, it does. It does. <laughs> It, it, when we have that opportunity, and you know, we mentioned earlier in the conversation, you mentioned hiring, and I work with clients that they will have me provide a disc assessment for their top candidates for the position, 
because there is types of work that is better suited for each one of these styles. And so that really, and anytime we are able to work in our strength zone, the type of work we enjoy, we're going to be so much more satisfied, fulfilled as an employee, and it's going to be so much better for our leaders and our organization the results that what they're trying, their goals are trying to achieve when people are allowed to work in their strength zone, the type of work that they truly are geared wired to do. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. Stay in your strength zone. You're just going to feel weak if you work on your weaknesses all the time. So stay in that strength zone. I remember John Maxwell saying once, you know, if you're an eight on something, keep working on that because you could become a 10 and people pay for 10s. You want a 10 hairstylist, uh, ladies out there, uh, you want a 10 server at a restaurant, you definitely want a 10 surgeon that's working on you. Uh, so if you're an eight, just keep pounding away at that and you'll become a 10. Good advice. Absolutely. When you get the opportunity to coach, Glenda, what's your approach to individual coaching? And does that differ at all when you do group coaching? Um. It, not a whole lot, you know, I, because we've, we've talked so much about this, you, you, under, you can hear the passion for me and the, how it serves people. So when I, when I coach individuals, I, you know, I'm coaching individuals often that are stuck. They're unhappy in their current role or they want, they aspire to have something more in their life. And so I typically start out with giving them a disc assessment because, and selfishly, Paul, that gives me an insight into who they are and how they like to be communicated with and how I can best serve them as their coach. Cause now I can talk their language and it's a really good foundation for people. Um, they kind of, they can breathe. Now they under have a better understanding when they see the report and the information, our report is 14 pages long. They get their behavioral style, their communication style, and their strengths in leadership, which a lot of disc assessments, you have to take another assessment like strength finder to get your strengths in leadership. But the John Maxwell disc assessment, you actually get your strengths. So talk about self-awareness. Now they have, you know, some really solid information about them. And they're either, it's, it's an eye opener, whether, and sometimes we find out they're not in the right role. The work that they're being paid to do um, is just not a good fit for them. And that's why they're not feeling satisfied or fulfilled in their job. They're on the bus. They're on the right bus, but they're not on the right seat on the bus, right? (laughs) Right. And it's empowering for them because then they can sit down with their leader and they can use their report as a basis to, you know, explain to their leader you know, this, I, I need to, if, if it's possible, I need to work into a role that will speak to my strengths or my behavioral style. And it's better, you know, having that conversation, talk about retention, rather than an employee become disgruntled and leave you just because that you never really, you never got that deep into their, you know, dissatisfaction with their work. Oh, yes, that is so good. So good. Well, last couple questions for you, Glenda. What do you want to promote for our listeners' personal leadership development? And then how can our uh, Grow Forward Today listeners best contact you? Okay. Well, what I will do, what I will offer today, uh, as any of your listeners out there on your podcast, if they would like to, you know, I would be willing to provide them the first 10 people 
a complimentary disc assessment, the opportunity to take the online assessment that only takes about 10 minutes. And I also, along with my disc assessments, and probably Paul, you do this too, I sat down with the people and I, you know, hit the highlights so that they have an understanding of their report. So first 10 listeners that reach out to me, I'll be happy to, you know, provide them a complimentary disc assessment and my debrief session usually takes about 30 to 45 minutes. That is very generous of you. Thank you so much. And we'll put that in the show notes. So take advantage of a free disc assessment. These things, these things cost a lot of money and Glenda's time put on top of that. Uh, it's very generous. Thank you, Glenda, for that. How can they contact you? It's my pleasure to offer that to the 10 people in your audience that raise their hand. Um, the way that they would contact me is at my web, uh, at, in my email address, um, five-star leadership, or I'm sorry, it's Glenda at five star and it's the number five star leadership.com. Well, I hope people do reach out and take advantage. Glenda, this was delightful to uh, chat with you today. Keep, uh, keep growing forward. Keep making a difference. Back at you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me as a guest today. I so enjoyed our conversation. So I have some takeaways from Glenda today and uh, they were each of the letters, right? Uh, The high D's, that uh, you're either you either are one of these or you live with one or work with one. Uh, remember to cut to the chase with them. And if you are a D, uh, beware of workaholism. Uh, don't don't bring your laptop out to the beach. Uh, just chill out and actually enjoy your time off so you don't stay so driven. If you are the I or influencer. Um, you have to be aware of those uh, the shiny object syndrome and uh, to follow through with what uh, has been given to you and count the cost on the front end. Of course, start with social when you're with eyes. With the S's, steadies, stables, uh, they're, they're the glue in relationships. And you want to give them a heads up with change just like you would for anybody because they don't really like that change. But, boy, they're going to come through with you if you give them clear expectations. And then the C's, the compliance They love their systems and their plans. Utilize them for uh, coming up with systems, making things better. But beware if you are a C, not to be a perfectionist, because all that does is you beat yourself up because we can never be that. And uh, then, of course, you cast that shadow of others around you. The GFT podcast is all about putting the practical tips from my guests into action for your personal leadership development. And remember, if you learn something and don't put it into action within 72 hours, those valuable gems start to slip out of your brain gradually until they lose their value to your life. A free gift for y'all. Text the word BEYOND to 72000, and I'm going to give you my free one sheet on crafting, casting, and carrying a compelling vision. That's a helpful tool as a leader for your business or department. That's opening a text to 72000 and typing the word BEYOND. Thank you for listening to Episode 13. Please spread the word about this podcast to the other Achiever friends in your life who are hungry to grow forward in their lives. Remember, you must lead yourself well before you can lead your team well. And until next week... Keep growing forward. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Grow Forward Today. Remember to visit Paul's website for more tools that you can use at growingforwardservices.net. Join us again for another edition very soon on the Voice America Business Channel. 